Hello, welcome to my Eyes for Ears, your ophthalmology and OCAP support for your podcast. We're your hosts, Ben Young. And Amanda Redfern. So we're going to carry on with our boards a review for oral boards, which is coming up soon. And this time we decided to tackle unilateral disc edema. And as a reminder, if you haven't heard our other oral board review episodes, this is going to be more short form to help you study and review for not only oral boards, but if you see these patients in clinic and to give you the quick checklist, it's not going to be as in-depth as our regular episodes. So I'm going to also give another caveat. Unilateral disc edema is a little bit broad. Usually when you get the scenario, you're going to get some sort of demographics that help you as you go along through this, but I'm going to keep the differential a little bit broader than maybe you might say on your actual exam. The scenario is going to be that you are presented with a photo and you're going to see one swollen optic nerve. Ideally, they'll show you maybe both fundi and then you'll notice that only one of them has a swollen nerve. Yeah. And Amanda, as a ophthalmologist, what is the <laughs> differential diagnosis of Dis, like the generic differential for disc edema in one eye only? So I think to keep things simple, because we don't want to do the exhaustive 20 pathology list, things that should be up higher on your differential should be NAON, AAION, optic neuritis, compressive lesion, because you really don't want to miss that. Um, perhaps something infectious. So remember that there could be like neuroretinitis and it's not always that easy to see if the retina is involved. And then don't forget that it may not actually be swollen. So it could be pseudoedema like drusen or anomalous nerves, or you could have just papillitis, whether that's like a uveitic papillitis or uh, vitreopapillary traction, diabetic papillitis, etc. And like, do you have like a framework that you use to help remember that list of, of differentials? I think going back to your basic uh, vitamin C or vindicate mnemonic that we learn in med school is really helpful, especially when you're feeling under the pressure to remember what could be on there. Just thinking about vascular, infectious, neoplastic, which I didn't include because that's pretty unlikely in this case, unless you're thinking of compressive lesions. But et cetera, et cetera, when you go down the when you go down that mnemonic. Yeah. I, I guess the big one that is like that you need to do a little extra work to try to remember is pseudopapilledema in this. Um, you know, if you're using that mnemonic because it doesn't neatly fill into one of those. Like for me, I put that in my head with, with idiopathic, sort of, but that's you know, some of those causes are not idiopathic. So that's probably the big one in my head to remember beyond the kind of more normal ones that fit what better in the assistance based mnemonic like vitamin C. So what are you looking for in your history, Amanda? After you kind of rattled off, those are the big things you're looking for. What specifically are you going to talk about on your history that you, want to, um, that you want to look for? You'll probably already know this from the question stem, but the demographics are really important, whether this is a you know 20-year-old female versus a 65-year-old man. Those make a difference when you're thinking about optic neuritis, NAON, AON. Other things you're going to want to know about their history is if they have a history of neurologic diseases, if there was a preceding illness, vascular risk factors, and then symptoms. Symptoms are very important because if they have no symptoms, your suspicion for pseudoedema or a papillitis start increasing versus if they have symptoms like vision loss, pain with eye movements, double vision, neurologic symptoms, GCA symptoms, don't forget those, then you're going down the path of some of those others in the differential diagnosis. Got it. So I, just to review one more time, the big symptoms to look out for are vision loss for sure. 
pain with eye movements, double vision, simple neuro, like a broad neurologic um, included review. In that. Right, right, right. You know, look for MS and, and um, you know other broader neurologic diseases, and then GCA. Because remember, the big thing with all these is to remember to not miss things that will like blind the patient or kill the patient. So th- those are really important. But obviously, it's also important to note if it was found incidentally, because if there's no symptoms, then um, you're more likely to go down a pseudopapilledema path. But not guaranteed. Okay, so, what about on the exam? Is there anything else that we're like? I mean, anything exam, specific you're for? going to do your standard exam, but I would definitely emphasize, you know, vision pupils pressure, but emphasis on the pupils because you're really wanting to know, does this person have an optic neuropathy? And so that APD check is really important. And then color vision can also be helpful. On your dilated exam, uh, in addition to just your general look, you want to be very careful to look for any sort of signs of ocular inflammation that might tell us that there's something more infectious inflammatory going on. Yeah, so things like cell or vascular sheathing to see if there's like a vasculitis. As long as you're thinking about those things, I'll probably tell you if they have it or not. Okay, so now they, you know, you've gone through that and the examiner asks you, well, what test do you want to get in the office now? What do you think is useful in this scenario? Because you can't just say, like some of us like to do, just click all the buttons on, on everything and, you know, get the ICG and the FA and everything. What, what, uh, what do you actually get? Definitely get a visual field. Those are so uh-huh. helpful when dealing with these uni- unilateral discedema cases uh, on tests and in real life. Right. If you have an altitudinal defect, that's really helpful. Yeah. Um, and then in, I always get an OCT RNFL just to really make sure that there is swelling and it's not pseudo edema. I don't know if they would let you get an enhanced depth imaging. That's not all, uh, widely available. So other things you can get would be like a fundus autofluorescence or a B scan if you think there could be drusen. Uh, OCT Mac, if you're concerned for like a neuroretinitis picture or there's just other things going on, like vitreous cell in your exam, a fluorescein angiogram, again, if you are worried about retina involvement or vasculitity, or if you're worried about GCA, you can look for. Poor parietal filling. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. I was giving the listener a chance to answer that one. That's what I was doing. Yeah, but but delayed choroidal filling or or no choroidal filling, um, as well as you know uh, central and artery occlusion. But that if, if it's a CRAO, they probably would also they were, they were prob- this probably wouldn't end up being a strict unilateral disc edema kind of exam. Um, I, I guess just one one caveat too is I in reality I think it's important to know about OCT and the OCT findings in in you know cases like this. But I wouldn't spend a lot of time specifically reviewing OCT findings in cases like this because in general, the take cases don't rely on OCT because that's a somewhat newer technology relative to when some uh, relative to the board. So you don't need to know about OCT, but I don't wouldn't worry about knowing like every single layer, at least with with um, relation to the oral boards. Okay, so now you've done your office test. Now they might ask you, or you might want to ask for certain labs or imaging you can't get in the office. So what are what, what are those things? So hopefully at this point, you have a pretty good idea what the leading diagnosis is because you want to be thoughtful about what you order next. They will uh, value you uh, doing a targeted approach rather than a broad approach. So if you're worried about NAON 
possible AAION, then you really should be getting at minimum a CBC, ESR, and CRP. And this is going to be for uh, patients that are greater than 50 years old. And then, of course, if the ESR or CRP are positive, you want to get that TA biopsy while they're on steroids waiting for the results. It's going to be a little bit different, though, if you have optic neuritis as your leading diagnosis, then you're going to be doing an optic neuritis workup, which includes an MRI brain and orbits with and without contrast, and a lumbar puncture classically looking at oligoclonal bands as well as just CSF composition. And then don't forget anti-MOG and anti-aquaporin for antibodies. And what if they have neurologic symptoms? Is it like if it's like just edema, neurologic symptoms, but no pain with eye movement, you're not really worried about optic neuritis specifically? Then I still want to get an MRI brain in orbits to figure out what's going on. I'm looking for compressive lesions or anything else mm-hmm. that could explain why they have just the unilateral disc edema, especially if there's concern for if they have like acute onset of headache ophthalmoplegia and disc edema, I'd be worried that they had like pituitary apoplexy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, again, in terms of things that could kill someone, like an urgent compressive lesion is, is something like a pituitary ap- apoplexy. Um, in general, and, slow compressive lesions aren't going to present with this acute swollen nerve. You're going to get the atrophic nerve as a generalization. Right. So I'm worried about, like Ben said, the acute, suddenly something changed in your head and is causing this syndrome with uh, neurologic symptoms and nerve edema. And then, you know, if there is retina involvement um, or signs of inflammation like vascular sheathing or vitreous cell or something, then you can, um, you know, send a broad serologic uh, workup for definitely for infectious things that might be causing, you know, might be causing a problem, but also for inflammatory, um, inflammatory workup. Okay, how are we going to treat these various things? Back to what what is on your leading differential. So if you're worried about AAON, you're going to do the high-dose steroids. I like one gram IV solumedrol for three days, followed by a very slow taper and a very prompt referral to rheumatology to take over that taper and transition them to tocilizumab. For optic neuritis, you're going to be doing IV solumedrol one gram daily for three to five days, really depending on what your suspicion is. You know, classically in typical optic neuritis, it's going to be three days, but if it's pretty severe and you're worried about atypical optic neuritis, I tend to extend it to five days, hoping that those antibody tests will come back in that time and making sure that they're responding and then they should have a slow taper. Any thoughts about Plex or IVIG should be discussed with the neurology team, but I think that goes beyond the scope of oral boards. So it goes beyond my scope for sure. <laughs> and then, if it's infectious or inflammatory, you're going to be treating the underlying cause, plus or minus steroids, depending on what it is. So again, you know, I think with with all these oral board review cases, if you can remember the differential, that's probably the most challenging part. Then hopefully, by the time you're taking oral boards, you'll have enough comfort comfort with AION or optic neuritis, etc., to to go from there. But I think, uh, you know, as long as you can remember those basics and don't forget something entirely like you know that uh, that like a compressive lesion can cause disc edema, then then I think you'll be okay. Yeah. Um, if it's a acutely compressive lesion, you need to be talking to neurosurgery, I guess. Uh, some of these things I took for granted, but would hope that you think of um, in the treatment. 
Uh, if you like to hurt, you can follow us at Eyes for Ears at the number four on Twitter. And if you like to support the podcast or rating review on iTunes or wherever you found us is really helpful. Uh, we will definitely do bilateral disc edema as a separate differential list and, and discussion in a very soon, hopefully, upcoming episode. Thanks for your time. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye.